Good evening, everybody. It's uh, good to be back with you for our Wednesday night Bible study, and um, <clears throat> uh, we'll get started here in just a few minutes. It's about 6.30, a little about 6.35, uh, but we're going to pick back up with the 11th chapter of the book of Romans tonight. We're going to go back through, uh, try our best to get through with the uh, rest of chapter number 11, uh, so we'll be... Uh, in Romans chapter number 11, we'll pick up about verse number 22 here in just a few minutes. Um, but uh, I appreciate the opportunity uh, to do Bible study again tonight and uh, <clears throat> thankful for this opportunity. If you haven't heard or didn't get the call and post or you haven't seen it, um, we will be going back into the church on Sunday morning at 11 o'clock uh, just for our morning service. Uh, not night or Wednesday night. We'll continue to do uh, continue to do those online uh, for the time being until things change a little bit more. Um, but we'll see <clears throat> see what uh, what happens as uh, as we get on into this a little bit. It seems like everything's starting to open up. So um, we'll <clears throat> we'll just see what the Lord wants done with that. But uh, Asked you pray for us tonight, and we'll certainly pray for you. And uh, we're going to try and finish up the second half of the chapter number eleven of the book of Romans. But uh, uh, let's do go to the Lord in prayer first, and then we'll dive on into this. And uh, I don't think it'll take us a, an hour to cover this ground tonight. We're only going to cover about uh, sixteen verses. So, but nevertheless, our Father. Uh, Lord, we thank you, God, for this day. We thank you for this uh, this privilege, opportunity to open thy word. We pray, God, that you'd bless. Uh, God, as we study it tonight, we pray that you'd open our hearts, open our minds. God, let us receive that uh, which you would have for us. Father, thank you for your uh, loving kindness and your tender mercies, God, which you bestowed upon us through your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray, God, that you'd bless those, uh, Father, Lord, that uh, uh, are less fortunate. We pray, Father, for our country, our nation, and our leaders. We pray that, uh, God, you would intercede and intervene in every heart, mind, and life. God, we certainly need you, God, in these trying times and hours. And, Father, we just pray, God, for uh, leadership, guidance, and direction as we move forward. Uh, we pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, for our sister churches all around us. We pray for uh, the men that would be pastoring. We pray, God, for the teachers. Uh, we pray for our deacons, our Sunday school teachers. Um, whatever capacity they serve, we pray, Father, Lord, that uh, God should bless them, encourage them, strengthen them. We pray, Father, Lord, that you just watch over us, keep us and care for us, God. Uh, bless thy word, uh, Father, as we uh, study it tonight. God, let us rightly divide it for thy honor and for thy glory. And we'll praise you and we'll thank you for what you do. If we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> um, 11th chapter of the book of Romans. Romans chapter number 11. Uh, we're going to pick back up about verse number 22. <clears throat> uh, uh, Richard always accuses me uh, that uh, Bible study turns into preaching, and it does, and I know it does, but uh, I'm glad that we can get excited about the Word of God. And um, uh, we, uh, I believe that uh, if we can uh, study uh, and wrap ourselves in the Word of God. I know that <clears throat> God will bless us, but if we can uh, saturate ourselves uh, in God's Word 
and dedicate ourselves to the Son of God, I know that He'll bless us. But nevertheless, we'll, we'll get on with the reading. I'm just going to pick up, uh, and this I know this is mid-thought, mid-chapter, and we kind of uh, left off probably in an odd place last week, but uh, uh, I, just for the sake of, of reading, I'm going to start reading in uh, verse number 13, and then we'll read the remainder of the chapter, and we'll go back and start going through this. It says, For I speak to you uh, gen Gentiles, and as much as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify mine office, if by any means I may provoke emulation them which are my flesh, and might save some. For if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? For if the first fruit uh, be holy, the lump is also holy, and if the root be holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them partakest of the root and the fatness of the olive tree, boast not against the branches, but if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but, uh, but the root thee. That will say then, uh, the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief they were broken off, and thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed lest he also spare thee. Behold, the, uh, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them which fail. Severity, but toward thee, goodness. If thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou shalt be uh, cut off. And they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in. For if thou wert uh, cut off of the, old, of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and wert grafted in contrary to nature in a good olive tree, how much more shall these, which be the natural branches, be grafted in into their own olive tree? For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. And so all Israel shall be saved. As it is written, there shall come out of Zion the, de the deliverer and shall turn uh, away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant of them when I shall take away their sins. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes, but as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sakes. For the gifts and calling of God are, with, are without repentance. For as ye in times past have not believed God, ye hath uh, now obtain mercy through their unbelief. Even so have these also now not believed that through your mercy they also may obtain mercy. For God hath concluded them all in unbelief that he might have mercy upon all. O oh, the depth and the riches of both the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For he hath known the mind of the Lord, uh, or who hath seen his counselor, who, or, or uh, who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again. For of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. So, uh, as we get back into this, uh, Romans chapter number 11, uh, like we said, we, we picked up where, uh, and, and, and as we slide back into this again, um, it, it's hard to kind of pick this up in, in parts when we separate it from weeks at a time, but uh, nevertheless, we get back into this por this portion of the text right here, where um, uh, Paul is addressing uh, not only the uh, the church at Rome, or as he is addressing the church of Rome, he's addressing two different people groups. He's addressing the Jews that, and when I say the Jews, he's talking about the ethnic uh, national Israelites, uh, in, in whom we see that God uh, refers to them as being the elect. 
But the Bible tells us that here that we see we have a transitional period uh, that is uh, working its way to the surface here. And this is what Paul is writing to them about, and he's trying to get them to understand about that Calvary was a transition point. And not only was Calvary a transition point, it was a point uh, into which that, uh, and you've heard me say this numerous times as we worked our way through uh, the Romans text, that this was a transitional period where the elect lady, the national, the national uh, elect lady, the ethnic Israel, uh, she birthed the church. And as she birthed the church, now we have uh, this uh, ideology, uh, ideology uh, and this theological concept of the entire nation of Israel. And so when we see this, and when we see this text, and we see this grammar, uh, and we see this uh, Israel as a whole, Christ is talking about, Paul is talking about those who have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's not talking about specific ethnic groups. And if we, uh, and if we've ever seen uh, a time. Uh, in in our society, uh, we see this. We see the struggle on the left and the right. Uh, we see the struggle over racism and inclusivism, uh, and all the other isms uh, that we could talk about. Uh, we see this. Uh, it, it seems like that things are just going crazy and haywire in the country right now. Uh, our our leaders, uh, our our law enforcement officers, and uh, the people. Uh, they need prayers. We need godly instruction. We need godly leadership. Uh, we need God's hand to reside in every single specific and and uh, uh, every single circumstance. But as we said, I believe I said this a couple of weeks ago. When we evaluate what's going on right now, we see that uh, this is uh, this is not a racial problem. Uh, this is not an ethnicity problem. This is a sin problem. Uh, th this is where we've come to the, we, listen, we've come to, uh, we've boiled to a head right here. And I preached on this a few weeks ago on Sunday morning when we talked about Cain and Abel. Uh, we've seen that in Abel's heart, that he wanted to serve God. But Cain, in his heart, his wickedness crept up inside of him. Uh, listen, he was jealous of his brother. Uh, he had hatred that he showed toward his brother. And ultimately, he murdered his brother. And so when we see all these things come to pass and we see these things start rising to the top, we need to understand, friends, listen. Uh, and I've said this and said this and said this. In the, in the book of Ephesians, uh, the Bible tells us this in the sixth chapter. It said, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the spiritual darkness, against spiritual wickedness in high places. But, but our fight is not against flesh and blood. It's not against each other. It's against Satan, against evil. It's against all the wickedness that is prevailing in this world. And we're playing, uh, we're playing right into the devil's hand and we're tipping our hat. Uh, and uh, listen, friends, we need to come to the realization today that our enemy is Satan, not each other. Uh, that our enemy, uh, uh, friends, listen, so often we come to this and we see this uh, and it rises to the top. Uh, and it permeates uh, our church buildings. Uh, listen, we bicker, we backbite, we argue with one another, we mix everything up a mix amongst one another, uh, and our fight is not with one another. Our fight is with the enemy, and we need to engage all of our resources, all of our powers and our authorities. We need to invest those. As I preached on Sunday morning, we need to make an investment in prayer, and when we make an investment in prayer, the Bible tells us what's 
whatsoever we bind in the earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever we loose on the earth shall be loosed in heaven. If we make an investment in prayer, uh, and if we seek God's face, the Bible tells us whatsoever he asks according to his will, uh, we knoweth that he heareth us. Amen. We have that promise. Hey, listen, you know what the Bible said about God's promises? He said, the Lord is not slack concerning promises, uh, as some men consider slackness, but he's long-suffering uh, to us. We're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come unto repentance. Prayer uh, is our lifeline uh, to the Lord Jesus Christ. We have an intercessor. We have a mediator. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy, we have one mediator between God and man, uh, the man Jesus Christ. The eighth chapter of the book of Romans, we've discussed this at great length. The Bible tells us, uh, or listen, we'll get to Romans 8 in just a minute, but in John 14, he said, it's expedient that I go away, for if I go not away, then the comforter cannot come. Uh, listen, and when the comforter is come, he will reprove the world of sin. What does that word reprove mean? That means to convict. Uh, friends, listen, I'm telling you something today. Uh, when we preach truth, and when we stand on the word of God, uh, listen, it makes people feel guilty. It makes them mad and it prompts a response. The gospel always demands a response. And when the gospel demands a response, people act and respond in different ways. Some people it breaks. Some people respond in repentance. Some people respond in love. Some people cry. Uh, but listen, some people respond in anger. Uh, listen, I'm telling you something, friends, today. Listen, my heart is is not directed. My intention, my aim is entirely misguided. And I do never want you to uh, take or derive from anything that I say. Listen, I know the intentionality behind people when they say, well, preacher, you stepped on my toes today, uh, friends, and I know what they're saying, and I'm not trying to uh, bring correction upon you. But if I hit your toes and I missed your heart, then I have not effectively preached the gospel, and I've not done my job. My intention, my aim, and my mark is to preach to the heart of men. Uh, listen, when I say men, that's inclusive. Men, women, boys, and girls. My intention is to pierce the heart. Amen. That's what the Bible tells us when uh, the scripture says on the, in the second chapter of the book of Acts that Paul, or Peter, excuse me, he stood up on the day, uh, listen, of Pentecost, and he began to declare and preach the truth and the gospel. And the Bible tells us, uh, listen, 12 different dialects of people, all nations were assembled uh, that day as the Holy Spirit descended uh, out of heaven. Uh, friends, it no longer rested as a dove, but it come out of heaven as cloven tongues of fire. It was a manifestation. Uh, listen, and that word right here, when we get into the Greek terminology of that, it means that it descends from one and branches uh, to many. That is the operation of the Spirit and the mechanism of the Spirit of God. Friends, listen, and it and it fell out of heaven, descended from one, it descended from the throne of God, it descended into many. Uh, listen, and as it fell and lit upon Peter, he stood up, and as he as he ro rose up within himself, he felt uh, the indwelling third person of the Godhead. He felt the uh, listen. He, he felt the embodiment of the presence of God. Friends, listen, and if you've ever experienced that embodiment in your life, you'll know 
know that it is a life-changing and life-altering experience, and some people respond differently. Uh, listen, uh, but the Bible tells us Paul arose from where he was. Or, I keep saying Paul, but I mean Peter. Peter arose from where he was. He preached the first gospel message. And listen, the Bible tells us that the people said that they were pricked in their heart. And they said, men and sirs, what must we do to be saved? Uh, friends today, listen, that's what we need today. That's what I'm praying for. That's what I'm seeking God's face for. Is a great and tremendous, thunderous sound and boom from heaven. Oh, how today we need revival. Uh, friends today, listen, and if will ever have revival. It's going to take unity uh, within the church house. It's going to take people coming together, not pulling apart. It's going to take us uniting, uh, listen, in, in, in confirmation and in love and, and the unity of the Spirit of God and saying, God, what must we do? Uh, friends, listen, Isaiah said, uh, when the Bible tells us in the first chapter of, of the book of Isaiah, the scripture said, he said, uh, here am I, Lord, send me. Friends, listen. I, I, listen, it is our Lord. We need to respond with a willing heart and a willing mind. I, listen, as they spoke of in the book of Nehemiah, and I do this all the time. I apologize. I'll get back to this in a minute. I, listen. As they spoke of in the book of Nehemiah, when Nehemiah said that they had a mind to work and they came together to restore the walls. That's what God wants us to do. We need to be forerunners on the front line. Listen, crying aloud and sparing not that people, listen, there, there is a multitude of lost men, women, boys, and girls, and they need to hear the gospel. Friends, listen, and they're not going to hear the gospel if we're divided amongst ourselves. The Bible says this, Jesus said this, and we'll move on. Listen, he said, a kingdom divided against itself will not stand. Friends, listen, we have got uh, to come together. We've got to pull together. We've got to do this for the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, listen, I understand that things are in disarray, that things are uh, pulled from left to right. And listen, I, I, I truly do get it. I truly do understand it. I feel frustration even in love myself, as I'm sure that you do. And I believe that the overwhelming uh, majority of people today, I believe that they are frustrated uh, at, this, uh, at this stage that we are stuck in. We're fighting against each other when God wants us to come together. Uh, listen, for, uh, listen, for his kingdom, so people can be saved. That's what my desire is. That's what my heart is. But listen, Paul is addressing, he's addressing the Jews and the Gentiles. He's trying to get them to understand. He Listen, the elect lady of the Gentiles, as we've uh, talked about on multiple different occasions, we know that God chose them, that God called them out of Abraham, that he kept them, that he provided for them, that he, listen, he gave them kings, priests, and prophets. He gave them the oracles of God. Uh, friends, listen, he marched them down. Listen, he marched them down down all through those 4,000 years before we get to the cross of Calvary until the birth of the church was consummated. But listen, we get to this point right here in verse number 13, and I'm going to try and work my way through this. Uh, listen, uh, pretty, pretty quickly. Now listen, the Bible says in verse 13, and I know that I kind of covered this last week, but I'm going to go through this and then we'll get on with it. It says, for I speak to you Gentiles as much as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify my office. 
if by any means I may provoke it to, to, to emulation, them which uh, are my flesh and might save uh, some of them. So what he's saying, he said, I'm provoking, I want to provoke you to jealousy so that you would come back. Uh, listen, that you would respond and you would hear and uh, listen as the oracles of God uh, and the manifestation of the spirit uh, through the preaching of the gospel, uh, as it manifests itself, Paul's desire is, is that the people of Israel would be drawn back uh, that they would respond positively to the gospel and that they would believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That is his desire. And so he says, I'm, uh, listen, I may provoke you to emulation or jealousy. He said, I'm trying to prompt you to come back. So friends, listen, uh, and he says, them which are my flesh. And of course, you uh, know that uh, Jew, uh, that Paul was a Jew himself. So he's talking about his brothers. He's talking about his ethnic brothers and might save some of them. For if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall be the receiving of them be but life from the dead? It says, for if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. If the root be holy, so are the branches. <clears throat> so friends, listen, now he's talking about, uh, listen, as we see Christ, Christ is the root. Uh, listen, we see the nation of Israel as she is an offshoot. She is the natural branch. And now listen, we see the unnatural branches, which are grafted in, which is the Gentiles, of which I'm a part of, and which majority of you uh, that are probably watching are a majority of, friends, listen, but thank God that there has been made provision. Listen, that is the overarching understanding that we should take uh, from this text, uh, textual reading right here is we must understand that God has made provision for all, not some, but God has made provision for all. The atonement that was shed the blood that was shed and the, and the atonement that was exercised by our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, listen, its intentionality was to save all. Amen, friends, listen, that was what his purpose, that's what his drive and his desire was, was to make sure, uh, listen, that there, uh, or not to make sure, but to... Uh, I'm trying to find the correct word right here. Not to make sure, but to ensure, uh, friends, listen, uh, that all that would receive the gospel and respond positively to the gospel would have ex uh, would have an avenue to a savior. Uh, friends, listen, and that is the desire that God uh, has commanded through uh, uh, through His uh, as we understand and we read through the Word. Uh, now listen, uh, the Bible says, For the casting away of some of them being the reconciled of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. If the root holy, so are the branches. So here we see the descendants of Christ. Uh, in verse 17, the Bible says, And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou being a wild olive tree were grafted in among them, and with, and with them partakest of the root and the fatness of the olive tree, boast not against the branches. But if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. And so this is what he's talking about right here in verse number 17. And I know that this is probably some very complicated reading. If we see the, uh, the, poetic, uh, the poetic rendering uh, of the King James Version right here. But listen, the Bible tells us, uh, listen, uh, and if some of the branches be broken off. Now he's talking about nation of Israel now. He's talking about the ethnic Jews. It says, and if thou being a wild olive tree were grafted in among them and, and with them partakest of the root and the fatness of the olive tree. So now he's talking about the Gentiles. He transitions in language right here. You got to pay attention as you're reading. But in verse number 18, the Bible says, boast not against the branches, but if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. 
Uh, thou will say then, the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off. So friends, listen, we get to this point right here, uh, and this needs to be talked about in great uh, extensive length. We need to understand, friends, listen, uh, that when we get to this right here, the, the Jews were not intentionally blinded. God did not intentionally cut them off. God did not intentionally not save them. That is not what this text is saying. A lot of people derive that from this text, but they don't keep reading the Word of God. You've got to read the Word of God in context. There's been a multitude of religions that have been distorted because they took one text and they went off and they didn't they didn't bother to read in context of what the Scripture was talking about. Listen, they didn't read and they didn't compare Scripture with Scripture. Friends, listen, you've got to take it all or don't take it at all. So the Bible tells us uh, listen, uh, thou will say the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. So this is a Gentile argument, he's saying. But he said in verse number 20, he says, well, uh, because of unbelief, they were broken off. This is important, friends. Listen, when we see Christ address, uh, listen, when we see Christ address the Pharisees in the Sanhedrin court, and, and he tells them, it says, uh, listen, that you uh, are a lion's den, that you're whited sepulchres, but inside, uh, or what whited sepulchres means is he's saying that you, you have this beautiful tabernacle, you have a beautiful body, you look good on the outside, uh, you have all your phylacteries on, uh, you have your prayer grounds on, listen, you, uh, you, you have your prayer beads and you carry your scrolls, you look the part from the, from the external uh, appearance, you look like that you're doing the right thing. Friends, listen, and, and I just want to pause right here and say this. Friends, listen, there is a multitude of people within the confines of the church today. Listen, they look the part. They're trying to play the part. They, they may even sound like the part. Uh, but friends, listen, they've never had a true conversion experience in which they uh, uh, listen, repented of their sins. They've said, Lord, I'm a sinner. I repent of what I've done. I, I repent of who I am. I know that I'm wicked, that I am violent that I am separate and that my sin will eternally separate me from you. They have never reached a point, uh, listen, where they have met in reality, uh, listen, the gospel. When you really meet the gospel, you have to also respond to the gospel in its terms. And the Bible tells us what are the gospel terms. You must meet the gospel with a broken and a contrite spirit. Uh, listen, so when the gospel comes and, and also uh, when the gospel comes, it is a two-edged sword. The Bible tells us this in Hebrews chapter number four. He said, for the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. Right, so friends, listen, when the word of God comes, when the gospel comes, we talked about this when we went through Romans chapter 10, when the man of God stands and declares and he cries aloud and he spares not and he preaches with fervency and he preaches with power he preaches through the utterance of the Spirit of God and the gospel comes and conviction falls. Uh, friends, listen, you must meet the gospel on its terms. What are the gospel terms? With a broken and a contrite spirit. Uh, listen, we see this 
Uh, in one of the places uh, Jesus gives uh, in the Gospels, he tells us about a parable. Uh, the scripture says that there was one man that he came that, uh, uh, listen, he was depicted as a Pharisee. He had on his phylacteries. He had on his prayer grounds. He had his scrolls. Uh, listen, uh, he came down and he saw this other man. Uh, but within himself, he said, thank God that I'm not like this other man. He said, I pray three times a day. He said, I know I'm religious. I know I'm righteous. Listen, but the other man, the Bible says that he fell down. He smote himself on the breast and he said, forgive me, God, I'm a sinner. Friends, listen today. God wants a response. God wants an acknowledgement that we understand who we are, that we know that we are sinful, unrighteous, deliberately, listen, vile creatures, that we are separated and without God's grace, without God's hand of mercy, without his presence and without the embodiment and the indwelling of his Holy Spirit, we are wicked, wretched, vile, and hell-bound. But we must decry, we must cry and say, God, save us. Save me a sinner. Thankfully, friends, listen, as an eight-year-old child at Beulah Baptist Church in Hendersonville, North Carolina, I responded to the gospel. I met the gospel on its terms. I responded positively, and God, therefore, through his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ gloriously save me. I pray that you've had that experience. Does it have to happen just like mine? No. Does it have to happen at a church? No. Uh, friends, listen. Uh, it can happen any place, anywhere uh, where you meet the gospel on its terms. Friends, listen and you respond positively to the conviction that has failed through the preaching of the gospel. Uh, friends, listen. Hey, I'm glad uh, Cotton Harris, God rest his soul, he's gone home to be with Jesus. I heard him testify multitudes, more times than I can count. Uh, and listen, you've probably heard him too. He was saved in the back of a milk truck. I've seen him by, saved outside of the church underneath the oak trees. I've seen him saved in the bathroom. I've seen him saved at home. I've seen him saved in the car. Uh, friends, listen, in the parking lot, thank God, uh, friends, listen, that we are not restricted to a place, that we are not restricted to a building. Uh, friends, listen, I just want to say this again uh, to remind you of this. The church is not a building in four walls. The church is the people. Amen. Uh, and God requires us as his people. Listen, now the Bible tells us this, forsake not the assembly of yourselves together as the manner of some is. He wants us to come together. He wants us to bind together. He wants us to fellowship together. He wants us to study the word of God together. He wants us to pray together. Those are things that we should do and that we are commanded to do. Uh, friends, listen. But we must understand that we the people, we the saved, the redeemed, elect, sanctified, one day glorified people of God, we are the church. It's not a building. It's not a place. I, friends, listen, I've preached this a lot of times too. Listen, a lot of times, uh, listen, I love the song. I personally love the song. I can take you to the place and I can tell you about the time, the day the Lord saved me. Wonderful lyrics. Thank God that I can have those and that I have those experience. I can take you to the place. I can tell you about the time. Friends, listen, there's a lot of people who's got a place, but they don't have anything that happened at the place. And that's what's concerning to me. I, friends, listen, I, they're just hanging on to something. They're hanging on to a place. They're hanging on to something 
something somebody told them they're hanging. Listen, you've got to put your confidence, your hope, your faith, and your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, friends, listen, I, I, my confidence is not in uh, my grandmothers and my grandfathers, my mother and my daddy. Uh, friends, listen, my confidence is not in my heritage. I uh, thank God for all those things. Uh, friends, listen, but my confidence are not in those people, those places, or those things. My confidence of saving, uh, my, my eternal confidence is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's where yours must be. Amen. I quote this almost every time I get behind the pulpit or I sit here and do Bible study. Acts 4.12, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That is God's command. Uh, friends, listen. So we'll get on with this. Uh, we'll move on this as quickly as we can. So now we, we see this. Why were they Why were they cut off? Why were they not part uh, of this olive tree presently? Listen, it's not because God cut them off. It's because they did not believe. Friends, listen, we must understand today. Friends, listen, it does not matter ethnicity. It does not matter color. It does not matter race. All those things. Listen, uh, they are secondary uh, to whether or not you have responded to the gospel and believed upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, friends, listen, I'm telling you, friends, today, uh, listen, people are in hell. They are eternally separated uh, from God because they did not believe, uh, because they, listen, the Bible tells us in the fourth chapter of the book of Romans, the Bible tells us this. What You know what the scripture said about Abraham? It said, and he believed, and it was accounted and imputed into him for righteousness. Uh, friends, listen, uh, those that will not believe, that will reject the Lord Jesus Christ, you will not have a place. You will be cut off. But it's not because God cuts you off. It's because you chose not to believe. Because if you would believe, God would graft you in. Thank God that there is provision, that there is mercy, and there is grace at the foot of the cross. Thankful. Uh, friends, listen, that when we come to the foot, of the foot of the cross, I'm glad that when we uh, bow down and we say, God, forgive me, a sinner. Uh, listen, when we get to that place and we say, God, I have, uh, listen, I love the words of that song. Uh, listen, uh, no money in my hand I bring simply to the cross I cling. Thankful friends, listen, when I surrendered and surrendered all uh, things to him, I didn't have anything to buy, I didn't have anything to offer, didn't have anything to give, but thankfully friends, listen, he met me faithfully at the foot of the cross and he said, my dear son, I gave my life for you. I love you. I've bled and I've died. I listen. He said, I am victorious over death, hell, and the grave because I love you. Thankful friends, listen, that there is provision for the people of God. Those that would humbly submit themselves and receive Jesus. I'm glad that there's an eternal home called heaven whereby we'll never be separated. The Bible tells us there's neither uh, no sun nor moon. Uh, listen, uh, that shall light that city he said for the son of God that shall be the light of that city uh, friends listen boy I'm thankful and I appreciate the spirit and the power of God to hear tonight amen Boy, I'm telling you, I, listen, I, just a little bit, if I wasn't on camera, I'd get up and run a minute, amen? Boy, I tell you what, I thank God for the presence and the power of God. Uh, friends, listen, I'm thankful that I'm saved. I'm thankful I ain't got to be in a crowd of people. I'm thankful that I don't have to be, uh, listen, with specific people. I'm glad that the power and the presence of God is just as real right here. 
Boy, I, I, I'm thankful for those times. I'm thankful for our fellowship when we can come together. But I'm telling you something, friends. Listen, when the day comes in my personal life and the day comes in your personal life, when the fulfillment of Hebrews 9, 27, uh, listen, when, it, when it's no longer a figment, but it's a reality. Uh, and the Bible tells us this, and it's appointed unto man once to die, uh, but unto them uh, that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. I've told this story, uh, listen, several times, old preacher uh, said one time, I listened that he called in. Uh, he was laying in the hospital bed. I uh, listened, uh, and he was nearing the River Jordan. I uh, listened. He told his wife, he said, I want you to go call all the young preachers. And he said, I want you to bring them all into the room. I uh, listened, uh, and they got all the young preachers. They all came in. They was all crying and somber. I uh, listened because the old preacher was fixing to leave out of this world uh, and step into eternity. Uh, and he opened his eyes and looked at the young preachers and he said, Young men, uh, you know that faith that I've been preaching about all these years and they said yes sir we know what you're talking about he said well I'm fixing to try it out amen why I'm telling you something friends listen I'm glad that I have something personally that I can exercise that I can execute that the Lord Jesus Christ has given to me personally thank God that I have it and I hope that you have it amen and listen the only reason I have it is because he gave it to me. I've been grafted in uh, to the olive tree. Uh, and I hope, oh, my heart and prayer and desire is that you have as well. But listen, in verse 21, the Bible says, uh, For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed, lest uh, he also spare thee not. So friends, listen, this is, uh, this is a warning. The sword cuts both ways. He's telling the Jews, he said, listen, the ethnic Jews, he said, listen, you were cut off because you would not believe. Listen, hey, and then he turns to the Gentiles and he says, but now listen, hey, you know, Jesus said this in one place. He said uh, to him that thinketh, he said to take heed lest he fall. Now, uh, listen, he, he's telling the Jews, he's saying, listen, I, I know that you're ethnic Israel. I know that you are the elect. I know that you're the seed of Abraham. Uh, listen, he said, I know that you have and possess the oracles of God. Uh, listen, he said, I know that you're a blessed nation and a blessed people. But he said, because you would not believe in my son, the Lord Jesus Christ, you've been cut off. Amen. And then he turns to the Gentiles and he says, now you, he said, now take heed. He said, now, if you think that I won't cut off the natural branch, he said, what, what rather do you think I would do to you, friends? Listen, there is personal responsibility that we must, we are demanded through the word of God to respond to his gospel. Friends, listen, I'm glad that there's been, I've said this a hundred times tonight, but I'm glad that there's provision been made for each and every man, woman, boy, and girl. Friends, listen, there is a place uh, listen, there is a space. There is a drop for you specifically. Friends, listen, people don't go to hell because they don't have a Savior. People go to hell because they have a Savior and they rejected the Savior that they do have. Listen, in verse 22, the Bible says, Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God. Uh, on them which fail severity, but toward thee goodness, if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shall be cut off. So friends, listen, <clears throat> the Bible is telling us right here, about, listen, John 15, abide in the vine, amen? That's what the Bible is talking about in verse 23. We'll get on with this because I know I've been going uh, a while already. Uh, listen, I wasn't going to try and go too long tonight, but uh, the Lord got in the middle of it, and I ain't apologizing for nothing. Amen. The Bible says, and they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in. 
For God is able to graft them in again. So friends, listen. So if they abide not still in unbelief. Amen. So if they abide not still in unbelief. What does that mean? That means if they believe, they'll be grafted in. So friends, listen. Uh, hey, what does it take to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Period. Amen. There is nothing. There's no ands. There's no buts. There's nothing more. Uh, friends, listen. It is grace plus faith plus nothing. Amen. <clears throat> listen. I'm going to tell you something. Listen, there, uh, the Bible tells us, it gives us the ingredients in Ephesians 2 and 8. For my grace is saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, but it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Friends, listen, it's not of anything that I do. It's not of anything that you do. It is simply that we present it. Listen, I, I've said this, and I've, I've said this a multitude of times. I want to talk about it here for just a few minutes. The Bible tells us, it gives us an example of the prodigal son. Uh, and I've talked about this two or three weeks ago, and I apologize if you don't want to hear it again, but I feel it's necessary now. But the Bible tells us that there came a place with the prodigal son. Uh, listen, he received of his father all of his inheritance, but the Bible says he went out and he spent it on riotous living. Uh, listen, he spent it on wicked, evil uh, living. Uh, he had denied his father. He denied his name. The Bible tells us that he got down there in the midst of all the sin, the muck, and the mire that he had, uh, that he had descended into. The Bible tells he was in the hog pen. I, listen, and the scripture said, finally, he came to himself. And when he came to himself, he said, I said, are not uh, my servants, which are in my father's house, do they not have, uh, listen, more than I and yet bread to spare? He said, I know what I'll do. He said, I'll rise and I'll go back to my father. Uh, listen, he'll say, Father, I've sinned against thee and against heaven. He said, take me in as one of thy hired servants. Friends, listen, the Bible tells us that he rose up from where he was. Uh, and listen, he cleaned himself up the best he was because he was going back to his father's house. He made his procession all the way back to his father's house. Thankfully, amen, this is the best part. Thankfully, the father was looking for him. Thankfully, the father was waiting on him, amen. Well, I'm thankful, friends, today. Listen, hey, I'm glad, friends, listen, that he is always been looking for me, that he's always been looking for you. Uh, friends, listen, the Bible tells us that this man, he came back. Uh, listen, his father ran to him. Hey, man, I'm going to tell you something. The father didn't have to receive him. Uh, the father, listen, the, the son was unworthy of any kind of grace, any kind of mercy, or any kind of love. You see, this is a representation that God gives us through his gospel account. Uh, this is the love that is shown to uh, all of fallen humanity through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, friends, I didn't deserve anything, uh, friends, but I'm glad that when I presented myself and I met his God, Gospel terms, I'm glad that he received me. You see, I didn't do anything to save myself. He saved me solely, wholly, and individually. He sought me. He sought me and he bought me, as the song says. Amen. I thank God that there is victory in Jesus. Now, listen, the Bible tells us that we got to a place over there. Listen, and the father ran and he fell on his son. Listen, he said, oh, my son, which was lost. He said, he is now found his home. He said, he just said, get a ring, put it on his finger, get shoes, put it on his feet, get a robe and clothe him. He said, go kill the fanny calf. He said, for my, my son, which was once lost. Listen, and gone. Listen, he said, he has come home. Amen. Boy, I'm glad, friends, listen. When we, uh, listen, when we meet Jesus on his terms, I'm glad that he will gloriously and victoriously save us. Amen. Sell us and keep us. Listen, we'll wind through this. Now, the Bible tells us, uh, uh, 
And verse number 24, for if uh, thou wert cut off the, uh, of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and wert grafting and contrary to nature into a good olive tree, how much more shall these, uh, which be the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should uh, be wise in your own conceits, that blindness and parties happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. Now listen, there's a lot of people say, uh, and they'll get to this point and they'll say, well, uh, this means that there is going to be a future restoration of the nation of ethnic Israel. Now, listen, we have a translation in language right here. Uh, listen, we have a transition, excuse me, not a translation, a transition in language here. When, when Paul is now addressing Israel, he is addressing Israel as a whole, as those that believe by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, he said, I, for wouldn't, I, I, would, for I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that the blindness in, uh, that blindness in part has happened to Israel. That word blindness is hardness. What is hardness? What is hardness defined as? Hardness is defined as holding in arrest uh, the, the truth in unrighteousness, as we read in Romans chapter 1. Hardness in and of itself is having blinded eyes, is having a hardened heart, and having ears that cannot hear. Friends, listen, these are not conditions or positions that God ever puts us in. These are conditions and positions that we put ourselves in. Friends, listen. So listen, the Bible's talking about, it says... He said, be not wise in your own conceits that blindness in part has happened unto Israel. Friends, why is, what is this blindness or this hardening that he is addressing? It's because they've rejected Jesus Christ. Friends, listen, hey, and I'm going to tell you something. In today's society, listen, this far, this far goes beyond any kind of ethnicity. Friends, listen, the, the, there is a multitude of people that have rejected the Lord Jesus Christ today. They are blinded. They are hardened. Listen, and God has not put, put them in that condition. They have put themselves in that condition because that's how they responded to the gospel. Now, listen, the Bible says, uh, uh, until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. Now, listen, I, I'm not a dispensationalist, friends. Listen, I don't believe that, uh, listen, that there's two separate entities. I don't believe that there is a separate entity called Israel and a separate entity called the church. Uh, listen, we are one people. We are one body. We are one blood. The Bible tells us that he has broken down the middle wall of partition, that there is no longer Jew nor Gentile, barbarian nor Greek. Amen. Hey, I'm telling you, that's what the word of God says. That's not what Tim LaHaye said. That's not what some of the preachers said. That's not what you read in a book or saw in a movie. Amen. That's what the word of God says. Amen. He said, I've torn down the middle wall of partition. He said, we are no longer separate people. Uh, friends, listen. Hey, I'm telling you, and I, I've said this a multitude of times. Please hear me when I say this. God preserved the nation of Israel to birth the church at Calvary. And when the church was birthed at Calvary, we are now one body, one blood, one faith, one baptism, because the middle wall of partition has been torn down. There's neither Jew nor Gentile. Uh, friends, we are one body received into Jesus. We are in him, as the Bible tells us in the book of Ephesians in the first chapter. We are in him because we have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to get through this. I promise. <clears throat> 
And so all Israel shall be saved. As it is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer and, uh, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. See, here is where we can detect the transition in the language. Friends, listen. Now, Will, if we took this literally, will all Israel be saved? There is a multitude of people, ethnic, ethnically born Jews, that uh, have not been saved. There's a, lot, there's a multitude of Gentiles. Uh, friends, listen. <laughs> but the Bible tells us that there is an elect number of friends that have received the Lord Jesus Christ. They are embodied and indwelt by the third person of the Godhead because they have exercised their faith and belief in the Lord Jesus Christ and they've been saved. Because they've been saved, we are now one household, the household of Israel. Friends, listen. And listen, those that are in him, amen, those that God had foreordained. And listen, what are the foreordination? Friends, listen. I, listen, I, I've said this on multitude of times. God didn't look down through uh, time and see my response and say, well, hey, Chris Gibbert's going to believe in me, so I'll go to the cross of Calvary for him. That's not how this thing worked. Amen. Before I ever was, Christ was. Amen. Christ existed in eternity past. And because Christ existed in eternity past, he loved me before I loved him. Listen, I've said this a multitude of times. Calvary is not a response to my sin. Christ is the Savior of my sin. Friends, listen to me. And he said, uh, he said, he has pre-selected, he's pre-ordained a group of people. What is this group of people? This group of people is called the church. Uh, listen, uh, listen, and we see this church identified as Israel or the church. Friends, it's not two separate people. It is one body. It is a corporate body. Amen. And he said, this body, he said, I am going to take them into eternity into heaven with me. Now, friends, listen, did he put individuals in this group? Did he select some and pass over? Did he pick some to go to heaven? Did he reprobate some to go to hell? Not so. There's nothing further from the truth. Amen. The cross of Calvary, the provision, the atonement was for every single man, woman, boy, and girl. Uh, friends, listen to me. But because of that, the Bible tells us this elect group, how do we get in that elect group? We believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. We respond. Amen. Uh, friends, listen. Hey, I'm telling you something. Now, listen, we get into the omniscience of God. What is the omniscience of God? He knows all things that are knowable. Amen. So because God knows all things that are knowable, does he know who will respond and who will not? Absolutely. He knows those things. Amen. But does that mean that he picked some and didn't pick the others? No, that's a lie straight out of the pits of hell. Don't believe it. Don't uh, I'm going to tell you, don't drink that Kool-Aid. Amen. Boy, I'm telling you, I'm thankful that Jesus' provision is for everybody. Amen. Hey, listen, the Bible tells us in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. The world, that word world in the, in the Greek is the word cosmos. That's the first, second, and third heaven. That's every embodiment. I've already quoted to you 2 Peter 3 and 9. Amen. The Lord's not slack concerning his promises uh, to usward. Amen. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come under repentance. Friends, listen. It is his purpose. It is, uh, listen, it is his purpose for, uh, for him through the cross of Calvary to save everybody. His intention was to save everybody. Now, will everybody be saved? No, everybody will not be saved. Why will they not be saved? Because they will not believe. But that does not mean that they don't have a savior. That is the sad reality of the state of affairs that we're in right now. People are dropping off second by second 
into eternity without God. And they don't have to because there's a Savior who loves them. Sad reality. Now listen, uh, and so all Israel shall be saved. Who's all Israel? All those that believe. Amen. Uh, listen, as it is said, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant of them when I shall take away their sins. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes. Uh, but as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sake. So friends, listen. He said, for this is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. So now he's talking about uh, the nation of Israel again. Now we get back into this. Now, the, the, listen, you, you got to follow this in the text. And so it says, now we get back into the covenant that I've made with the nation or the ethnic Jews. As it concerning the gospel, he said, for their enemies for your sakes. Why are they enemies? Because they wouldn't believe. Amen. Uh, an enemy of the gospel does not matter nationality or race. Uh, an enemy of the gospel is a person that rejects the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hey, I'm going to tell you something, friends. Listen, it requires being saved by the Lord Jesus Christ, having faith and, and listen and, and believing in his eternality. Friends, listen, it takes us surrendering to him to be saved. That is the only thing that will separate us. It says, for the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Amen. He didn't, he, 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 didn't, he didn't do something that he didn't mean to do. Amen. I'm telling you something. His intentionality and his purpose uh, is forever and it's steadfast. And God wants and seeks all to be saved. But you must respond. For uh, as ye in times past have not believed God, yet have now obtained mercy through their unbelief. Ain't you glad for God's mercy? Boy, I tell you, I am. Boy, I, listen, there's a multitude of people in this world that God has extended his arm of grace and mercy to. Uh, the book of Isaiah, I believe in the 55th chapter, the scripture tells us, he said, uh, my ear is not heavy that I cannot hear, nor my arm shortened that I cannot say. Boy, I'm thankful, friends, listen, for God's provision, for God's grace, and for God's mercy. He still seeks and he still saves. He said, for God hath concluded them all in unbelief, that he might have mercy upon all. Oh, the depth and the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. What a tremendous verse. Oh, the, listen to this in verse 33. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of, of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. <laughs> what a wonderful, wonderful verse. Boy, I'm telling you something. There's so many people in this world they say that nobody loves them. I'm here to tell you, if you've hung in here with me this far, or if you pick up and you listen now, I want you to hear one thing. If you hear me say one, anything at all, there is somebody who loves you. There is someone who cares for you. The fatherless, he is a father. To the motherless, he is a mother. To the brotherless, he is a brother. Uh, friends, listen. And to the sinner, he is a savior. And I'm going to tell you something, friends. Listen, we need uh, to be thankful for what God has done for us. Amen. <clears throat> oh, the depth of his riches, both of wisdom and knowledge uh, of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. What an awesome verse. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been his counselor? Right? These are both questions. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? Nobody. Absolutely nobody. We can't even begin to comprehend or possess uh, the knowledge or the intellect nor the understanding uh, to be able to understand the mind of the Lord. And it says, or who hath been his counselor? Who hath counseled? 
the eternal God, the eternal Yahweh that has his only begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, and the spirit, the embodiment of the Holy Ghost, the breath of God that we enjoy in his presence today. Listen, the Bible says, who hath known his mind or who has been his counselor? These are both questions. For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. What a great God we serve. What a masterful God that we serve. I'm thankful that, uh, listen, that we can dive into his precious word. Uh, We may not understand it all, and we may not possess it all, but that's why we read it. That's why we study it. That's why we try our best to mine the riches out of God's word that he has blessed us with. What a wonderful wonderful what a wonderful day what a wonderful time thank god for his wonderful word thank god for you wonderful people bless timber ridge the people of timber ridge bless all those others from all the other church that would take part in this uh thank god for his provision for his love and for his mercy god, may god bless you we remind you once again we start we said this in the outstart uh, of, of bible study tonight we will be having or we will be moving back into the church on sunday morning uh Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, we'll not have any Sunday school, Sunday night or Wednesday night. Uh, Those services will still be online, but we will be having service in the church, 11 o'clock Sunday morning at Timber Ridge. God bless you and we love you.